It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We have gathered all our book clubbers around the table for a very special edition of our book club. It's uh, it's so special that we've elevated it to an actual episode, not just the Sunday night thing that we release. And what we're going to do is we're going to help you out with your last minute gift suggestions because books are brilliant. The bookshops are open. They will stay open right through to the end of Christmas Eve. And if you know people who love books or even people who don't tend to read as much as they should, but you know they want to get back into reading. They're a brilliant, brilliant present. So we're going to give you some recommendations. We have Anne Ingle, Neve Towie and Bernice Harrison here as always. So happy Christmas to you all. We're nearly there, only a few days away. Bernice, we're going to come to you first for your, we've asked everyone to do three or four mm, Okay, I have to pick four. Yes, yeah, okay. okay. Take it away there, Bernice. Okay, well, for the big fat novel, I've picked Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver, the American author. It is a big fat novel. It's a big book. It was a slight cheat on my part because it was released in November 22. But it's been on the New York Times bestseller list all year. It's the one book that you think, okay, and I assume a lot of people may have had this on their bedside table thinking, I will get around to it. Do get around to it. Okay, so Barbara Kingsolver, when she writes any of her novels, there's also sort of a rich social commentary running underneath it. She doesn't bash you over the head with it, but it's there. And she's very, very concerned with the state of America, specifically the state of poor people in America and how society does and doesn't work for them. But now I've made it sound really heavy, but it's not. Okay, so... (laughs) Demon Copperhead. The Demon Copperhead of the title is a boy. He's he's, and that's what it is. We follow this this boy from teenage years as he grows up. So it's set in the mountains of southern Appalachia in America, and we know that's a very poor part of America. He is born to a teenage single mother in a trailer park, no assets beside his dead father's good looks. And Copperhead is his his red hair, his copper-coloured hair. He's really funny and he's got an extraordinary talent for survival. And that talent for survival sort of propels him to move on. But it's mostly within Appalachia. He's in foster care. He is put into child labour. He's has tremendous athletic success in school when he's taken under the wing of of an amazing coach. There's addiction issues because, of course, if you talk about Appalachia in at this time, you're also talking about uh, drug addiction, uh, prescription drug addiction, disastrous loves, crushing losses, and anybody who is a fan of Charles Dickens will start hearing chimes there because, in fact, what it is, it mirrors. Right up to nearly the end, it mirrors David Copperfield. So that's really what it's about. That's kind of the overarching structure. So, Bernice, who are we giving this book to? Well, I would actually say 
anybody. And I'd say, no, I would. I don't often say that, but I would say any age. I think you could give it to a teenager. I think you could give it to literally anybody who wants over the holiday period. I think over Christmas, I'm taking the week off after Christmas. So I'll have a lot of time just sitting around with me hand in, you know, a a tub of sweets. So I'll have a long time. And I think maybe... Maybe a lot of people feel that way too. So I think if you're looking for a big sprawling read that's going to absorb you, that is an extraordinary central character that you want to go on a journey with. Okay, Bernice, that's brilliant. And I love the for anybody thing. And you're thinking for all ages, which is really good because some books you wouldn't give to certain people or you'd have to give to teenagers or give to yeah, older people. Yeah, or no, I, I think so. I, th- I think a lot of people would get a lot out of this book. Brilliant. Neve, tell us about your first pick as a great gift for Christmas. So um, this one's a bit random and you're all going to think, where have you been the last 10 years? Because I'm pretty sure it was published in 2014. Okay, we'll let you away. Uh, so you can let me away with that. But uh, it passed me by when it was published. And I actually think that maybe it might have passed some of my friends by as well, because we were in college drinking a lot, probably weren't <laughs> reading as much as we should have been. I love this um, side of you, Neve. <laughs> larger than you think. Um, And so I happened upon it, I was on holidays um, in Central America and I was in a cafe and it just, it happened to be lying around as one of those books that people leave and take up something else. And uh, it's Bad Feminist, a collection of essays by Roxane Gay. And like I said, I had never seen it before. The cover made me think, is this just some lecture on how I'm being a really bad feminist? And it's the complete opposite. It's a collection of essays um, by this really insightful, witty um, young woman talking about all of the contradictions about being a feminist, um, about how she loves the colour pink, you know, and how all of these things make her feel like she's being a bad feminist when in fact she's not at all. And that's the fabric of um, uh, all of us as women and just trying to do our best. And I just, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And I think that I would definitely give this to my friends this year because I've rediscovered it and... um, I think that a lot of people my age um, might have missed it as well. Um, And I think it's really important, actually, as a read. A lot of the cultural references are obviously a bit older now and it does rely heavily on pop culture of the time. Um, But we will still remember all of those and there's still echoes of a lot of that in pop culture at the moment. She talks about... um, Chris Brown, um, she talks about abortion, she talks about um, uh, rap songs and the lyrics and um, we'll all have been aware of those and uh, aware that a lot of a lot of the problems and all of those haven't changed. So um, I just thought it was a really fun and um, insightful read and definitely one that I would be giving to my friends this because year. Because would your friends, would you, would you sometimes have those chats where you feel like I'm being a bad feminist or what is this? Should I be doing this or should I be feeling this? Is that something that's yeah, in your conversation? Yeah, I think it's actually something we're afraid to talk about among ourselves because you don't want to sound like a bad feminist. So like seeing it all, reading it all, uh, it's a really good talking point, I think, for your friends. So you don't have to feel bad if you feel this way too. Like it really, it's, it gave me a sense of relief. And I think it's one of those nice small books, isn't it, as well? Yeah, it's and small can, and it's essays. So you yeah. don't have to read all of them in one go. I pick, read one and they're great. Great suggestion. Yeah. So that's Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. Excellent. Anne Ingle, we shall come to you next. I must preface this by saying Anne Ingle has a terrible ear thing going on so she can't hear properly. It's like you're underwater, you're saying. That's right. Uh, a little bit of a cold. So I hope we'll... I don't sound as if I'm underwater but I can hear myself talking in my head. No, it's you really sound weird. like you're here. But anyway, the book that I've, uh, the first book I have on my list is um, a really quirky one. It's the, the title it will give it away. It's called Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshi Kazu. Kawaguchi. 
and it's narrated by Arena Lee. And so uh, and that was the title before the coffee gets cold. And I said to myself, God, what could that be about? And it's really intriguing. I mean, it's not for everybody now. It's a little special book. It's about these people, this very um, old cafe in Tokyo. And people go into this cafe. Uh, it's down in the basement. Not many people go in. But this coffee shop offers a, a quite unique experience because if you sit there and you go in with somebody you know, you can actually time travel back in time. But there's a certain procedure that has to happen and you have only got, when you get back in time, you've only got there until the coffee gets cold to ah, explore good. the thing that you want to know. That's and you good. also have to, can only go back with a person that you have been in there before with. So there's three scenarios in the story, in this book, where this person really wanted to know what, you can't change the future, but you can find out more about that incident that happened in the past or change that interaction between you. So there's this really mysterious little coffee place, which is very, the temperature seems to be always the same because people who are very hot outside come in and it's cooling and calming. And so it, it was intriguing. Look, it's not a, it's not a, a wonderful work of art or something, but it is very well written all the same. But it just got to me because I like things now and again that are just a bit offbeat. Now, uh, you really thought it. reading it, you were telling me that this was written by a woman, but it's not. No, I think the reason I thought that it was a woman Roshan in the first place was because there are a number of women characters in it, which he s seems to have captured very, very well. Uh, it really intrigued me and... Um, I'm just throwing it out there. It's not for everyone, but I really I like... I absolutely want to read it after just hearing that. I just love the sound Me of it. And I, you Sounds know the great. Way, is it Tokyo that the coffee yes, shop is in? Yes, I sort of... I'm not, I, it's a place I've always wanted to go and it's for that reason because I just feel like there's probably all these different... And it's, it's, not, a, it's not a long book either. It's yeah. a very short How book. How did you come across it, Anne? Well, you see, I do... That's a really good question, Bernice, because I read um, the newspaper and... You know, sometimes they interview uh, people and say, what books would you like? And then I'll randomly say, oh, God, and I explore it. And if the narrator is good, I'll like have that go. You see, I've got plenty of time on my hands, but it doesn't matter if a book isn't great. Mind you, I don't continue reading a book if it isn't great, tell you the truth. But at the same time, I can do random things like that. And so that Yeah, but did up. you read someone who said they'd read that? Is that how you came across it? Yes, it must have been. I've read somewhere, but I mean, I couldn't tell you where or how or what or who. Before <laughs> the coffee gets cold by this Japanese yes. writer. It sounds very good and I want to get it. And who would you give it to, Mum? Oh, that's a that's a very tricky one. Who would I give it to? I, I really don't know. Someone as cracked as me, I suppose. Like, you <laughs> know, uh, yeah, I, I'd be very careful because, you know, people can be very judgmental. No, yes, I I, I don't know who I'd give it to. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bernice, moving back to you, tell us about your next choice. Okay, my next choice is not a book that I'm going to give. It's a book that I hope somebody gives me. Because (laughs) at the weekend, somebody was telling me about Eleanor Catton's new novel, Burnham Wood. And... The Palo, I was talking to, described it as an eco-thriller. And I thought, oh, OK. But I've been reading up about it and I just think I do want to read it. Now, Eleanor Catton, I, I think probably everybody will remember that about 10 years ago, was it? She won the Booker Prize for the Luminaries. Ah, that's how you remember the name. Yeah, yeah, she's New Zealander. She was really young when she won that. She was, was she 28 or something? Really young. So she won it. So this, this book is from her. It's described as a rollicking eco-thriller that juggles a lot of heady themes with a big plot and a heedless sense of play. It's described as an action-packed novel and it's about a collective of activist gardeners Uh crosses paths with a billionaire doomsday prepper on land they each want for different purposes. The billionaire decides to support the collective but some of the activists suspect ulterior motives. Oh, it sounds great. And sounds very now. It sounds exactly. very up the moment, Exactly. It? So I thought, I thought that would be, I'd, I'd like to read that. Mm. I, I, yeah. Uh, so that's Eleanor so you Catton's. Want, so if anyone's listening exactly. that knows Bernice, exactly. that is Burnham leave. Wood, Eleanor Catton. <laughs> and also it sounds like something for a lot of people to, that, that a lot of people Well, I think so. I, but also, I think probably there would be, be a huge amount of people who love the luminaries and were sort of mm. waiting for her next right. book, you know. It's a bit like a Donna Tarr- Situation, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she yeah. took a bit of time. Um, Which is, we like that though, don't we? Definitely, we know that definitely. Yeah. But this seems to be of the moment. I mean, I suppose, you know, when we think about climate issues, it's very hard to say, oh God, no, I, I just don't want to read about that now. No, thanks. I, I'm just trying, you know. But obviously, if it's if it's done right, if it's yeah. done well, if it's done in a way that's going to engage you and... Yeah. And maybe fiction is the place sometimes because we do turn off a lot of the kind of news reports and Definitely. all of that. And we shouldn't. No. But sometimes we need to be told in, in, this, in, in a, a different fiction way. story yeah, yeah. that yeah. engages us and yeah. gets us thinking. So great suggestion there. Um, it's called Burnham Wood. And we'll remember Burnham Wood from Macbeth. Uh, the witches were in Burnham Wood. And it's by Eleanor Catton. Thank you very much. Moving on to you, Neve, from your bad feminists to what's next? <laughs> uh, so next is one that I brought on holidays that I didn't get through. So like Bernice, this one that's on the to read list. Um, took me so long to read that book that you made us read, Roisin. That, well, well, uh, the I'm book not that say, we will be mentioning at some point. <laughs> as all our regular listeners will know what that book yeah. is. And I Bzz. haven't been able to read any other books <laughs> because it's so long. Um, <laughs> this one is called Tom Lake by Anne Patchett. So um, I was introduced to this author by I think Bernice and this book club because we did the Dutch House on the podcast before and I absolutely loved it so this one called Tom Lake it's uh, the Blair Breed's uh, three daughters who return to their family's northern Michigan orchard in the spring of 2020 learn about their mother's relationship with the famous actor Peter Duke who she shared a stage with at a theatre company called Tom Lake so it doesn't reveal much in the blur but as we know from um, Anne Patchett's writing uh, she writes 
writes really cleverly about family relationships and alliances and um, how we kind of move through the seasons of our lives and how we find out how younger generations maybe handle revelations about their parents' previous lives. Um, and so that's what th- this sounds like, another kind of masterful take on that kind of artwork that she has finessed. So um, it looks really good and uh, consuming and um yeah, so that's one that I've read lots of good things about, and I think. And who do you think would would that would appeal to? I think I'd love to give Anne Patchett to my mother. I think, yeah, I think it would be a good one for um for us to read together. Even like it's a good one to give to your mom or any women in your life. Brilliant. It's Tom Lake. Tom by Lake by Anne, Anne Patchett. Patchett. Thank you very much, Neve. Back to you, Anne. Are we still in Japan? Or are we somewhere else? Well. No, we're in the UK now. Okay. This one, I think, was actually shortlisted or longlisted for the Booker Prize because of a a certain book that was on the list. I read a lot of the uh, long books that were longlisted because I wanted to compare them with that other book we're going to talk about later. So this is the Beasting. Sorry, I just have to say that just in case some people haven't listened to previous podcasts, the Beasting is the book that I was raving about for so much, and I will be talking about later on. So you, because you loved the Beasting so much, wanted to read all the other long-listed and short-listed books to see if, in fact, you were right that the Beasting was the best book on the list. Exactly, which I did. Which it was. And this is one of the. <laughs> this is a little book called <laughs> Roshin. You're putting me off now. <laughs> this this book, <laughs> Western Lane, by Chetna. Maru is read by Maya Soya. It's a really intriguing little book, and it's a book that you wouldn't think that I'd like at all because it's about sport. It's about a young 11-year-old uh, gopi from an Asian family begins playing squash. Uh, I think her father wants to distract her from the death of her mother, and she gets to be a very good and competitive person, and she plays against uh, another white lad in the and the name of the book is Western Lane and that's the name of the sports club where they go to to do this and it's intense about I mean I've watched people's playing squash I've never actually lifted a squash racket in my life and never will of course now at this stage but at the same time um, I wouldn't be a, a, a sporty person but it really got got to me the fact that this sport was bringing these two young people together and then unfortunately separating them at the same time and her way of getting through the grief and changing her whole way of life and becoming competitive it just struck so many chords in me and it's a short little book but very nicely read and very gentle and easy to read but thoughtful book uh, for many reasons so I really liked it and I think I Maybe the maybe the younger members of my family might uh, it might is it could it be called a coming of age book you know one of those um, maybe so but it is very nicely written and very nicely read and so I enjoyed that. Western I have to Lane. say the fact that you know the way you're not into sport and that it got you because I think the the thing about brilliant writing is it doesn't matter exactly. what anything's about if somebody's telling you a story that is capturing you, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I was looking forward to uh, getting back into right. the cult and what, what, yeah. what way that game was going to go, yeah, which is ridiculous because, I, as I say, I'm not a sports person. No, that's great. So it's called Western Lane. Western Lane. And the author is... Jatna Maru. But you will put it up on the website in case I'm I not will spelling it, it correctly. We'll put it up on the website. And it's Western Lane. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Bernice, back to you. Okay, well... Um, I used to read a huge amount of crime fiction and I sort of thought, God, I, I, I didn't read a huge amount of crime fiction this year. It must have been the first one. I think I got, sort of got tired of it. I also got tired of, 
you know, the constant themes of women being murdered. I mean, mm. I, so I just thought I had to put crime aside. But then I saw that there was a new novel by Val McDermott. Uh, she's the queen of tartan noir, I suppose you'd call her. And it's a new police procedural featuring one of her main protagonist. She, she's many series of books involving, centred around different people, but this is Karen Peary. This is her detective, Karen Peary. Set in Edinburgh. I love that because I've never been to Edinburgh. I quite like to go there. So I have read this. I wouldn't say necessarily it's one of Val McDiarmid's absolute best, but for crime fiction fans, it's a must read because she is so good. And yeah, I highly recommend Past Lying by Val McDermott for its tight plot, very clever, obviously, and also because there is such a sense of place. I sh- and that place being Edinburgh, I would give a slight warning that it's set during COVID. Ugh. I know, I know, I know. And in fact, when I picked it up, I didn't quite realise that. But you know what? Maybe because we've also firmly put COVID in the rearview mirror and we really shouldn't actually, that maybe that's not a bad thing. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I mean, if it didn't completely put you off because it was in COVID, Absolutely that's, that's a good sign. Absolutely didn't. It was very right. cleverly done. And so I suppose people who like crime fiction crime generally fi- yeah. um, would be definitely one to give yeah. to them. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, uh, on to you again, Neve. What's your next pick? Um, so my next pick is actually three books, all by Claire Keegan, uh, which we featured on the last podcast. Um so you probably know a lot about these books, whoever's listening anyways, but they're so late in the day, small things like these and Foster. Foster is about a little girl growing up um, in Ireland in the 60s, do we think? 70s, 70s more, I think it's the 70s, yeah. Um, who spends a summer with her cousins um, and uh, what happens there to her. And it's all about her life and the poverty she grows up in. Small Things Like These is about a coal merchant in uh, Wexford, I think, and kind of the the oppressiveness of the Catholic Church and the impact of that on his and his community's life. And So Late in the Day is a really tiny little um, book about one day in the life of a man who's just um, broken up with his girlfriend. And all three of them are like, they're the most fantastic books probably I've read all year or in a very long time, actually. Um, She's just so gifted, such a concise and cutting writer in a way as well her sentences are so perfect her books are so perfect I couldn't ask for more out of them um, and I just think they're I also as well they're a perfect book for somebody who maybe um, doesn't have the concentration span for big long novels or doesn't have the time for big long novels um, they're the perfect little book to get you back into reading as well if mm. you've fallen out of favour with it over the last while or if you feel like you're on your phone too much or mm. you just don't have the attention span um, or you've been struggling to get back into reading I think these are perfect they remind you of why we read and why we should read Oh Neve, that's so great I'm just thinking imagine getting a little perfect present with a ribbon on top of those three mm. books those three small books they're to give to somebody beautiful. I mean they're they're, the cover is gorgeous Faber yeah. has done an amazing, amazing job amazing beautiful job. presents as well can yeah. I tell you all you know the way we all discussed so late in the day the last time for a book yep. club 
Claire Keegan listened to us. No. And she thought we were gas, I think. And she thought it was very irreverent and funny and she enjoyed the chat. So I thought I'd pass that on. Because I was thinking when we were talking, oh my God, imagine if she listened and apparently I heard through the grapevine that she enjoyed it very much. But I think what you've just said, Neve, about it, I, I, I think it resonates with all of us around the table. Definitely. Perfect is the word I would use. And I mean, she's Irish. The fact that she's... You know, she's an Irish woman doing this exquisite work. And as Mother had mentioned before, her collections of short stories, also great. I've just started listening to Antarctica and My God, the opening short story in that collection. Wow, it's just taking me back. So I would recommend you go for the short stories as well because she's just brilliant. And she's the kind of writer you're just dying for her to put something else out. Isn't that the thing? Definitely. So so I think you're right. Those three books actually wrapped up for someone you really love who... What a present. What a great present. And what's your next pick? It's another one off the long list of the Booker Prize. As I say, I was very diligent. You're our intellectual reader. <laughs> and yeah. well, yeah. It's amazing yeah. how non-intellectual the actual books were. Ooh. There wasn't Ooh, there controversial. Geez. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, this is another bit of a strange one, which would... It's, it's about a woman who is autistic. Okay. All the Little Bird Hearts by Victoria Lloyd Barrow is this. This is the book. The main character is Sandy Forrester. Um, she lives with her 16-year-old uh, daughter, Dolly, and she has a strange, um, lots of strange things with her autism. In fact, she can only eat white food and white oh, drinks. Yeah, that's the thing. It's interesting. Which is a very interesting yeah. thing. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a story of the relationship between the daughter and the mother and how the daughter has to cope with having a mother who has these rituals. Mm. Uh, she gets her way of dealing with people from an etiquette book, oh. which is slightly out of date, which makes her, <laughs> when she's talking with people, you know, it's a, it's all a bit laboured and not quite right. And then she, she has a passion for uh, other things that she's a, a horticulturalist and she's just a very odd woman. And this Dolly, her daughter, has to live with Sunday. She's got an odd name as well. Um all her life and she eventually rebels and leaves home. So it's a, an interesting it's an interesting was interesting for me from the autistic point of view. Yes. Uh, knowing somebody like that and what extremes that can lead them to and how it can affect their lives mm. and their relationships and how different she was, you know, and how we all really should embrace difference in people even though it's very hard and it would be very hard if you were having to having her to the dinner party and <laughs> you know you're, you're putting up steak and chips yeah. and neither of which you would probably eat so um yes it's a quirky little book again a bit quirky god i'm going off piston. yeah but it's great because like so we've got before the coffee gets cold western lane and all the little bird hearts by yes. victoria Lord, lloyd mm. barlow um and they're all very in, intriguing propositions, I think, is what you've picked. You've picked very interesting exactly, ones. Exactly, yes. Something offbeat, you know, out of the way. And uh, But, I mean, they must, the Booker people must have uh, thought it was very good too because they yeah. had it on their list. Well, I'm just not sure about the Booker people. But anyway, <laughs> um, Bernice, next. Okay, so next and last. And I, I sort of, you know, had a bit of a talk with myself about this because in case people that, oh my God, there's an Irish Times journalist, you know, plugging another Irish Times journalist. But anyway, um, this <laughs> and is... And then you said, And then I said, fuck it, because <laughs> in my defence, I have never met this person. So, you know, in my defence. She was so, in here a couple of weeks ago. Yes, <laughs> I know, exactly. And I'd absolutely love to meet her. So my book is... An Eye on Ireland, A Journey Through Social Change, New and Selected Journalism by Justine McCarthy. And I picked that for a couple of reasons. One, 
because I think at this time of the year it's fantastic to have a book that you can dip in and out of. You're not, you don't, you know, often you don't want to read loads. You just maybe want to read an essay. You just want to read a few pages. So this is her collected journalism, if you like. But you see what a career she's had. She's she's sort of covered all the social changes specifically that have impacted on women for the last 30 or so years. But she's also done massive reporting from abroad, from, you know, Belgrade in the, in when Slobodan Milosevic and Radovan Karadzic were on the run. She's reported on what life was like for Irish peacekeeping forces in the Lebanon. She's done a huge amount of starry interviews um, Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and then literary interviews, John McGarren, and so on. So, in other words, this, I'd say, has got something for everyone. That you, maybe you're not going to read every essay. Maybe you're not going to read everything. But I, I, I have to think that there's something in this book for everyone. Yeah, I agree. And I think the intro, actually, which talks about how she got into journalism and her early life in journalism is also very interesting. But it is. It's called An Eye on Ireland. And it does it does give you that. It gives you that span of the, our history and how far we've come and how much the country has changed. And Justine McCarthy was observing that all through it. And this book is is all about that. And, and also she writes an incredibly accessible, mm. vivid, yeah. sort of light way about, you know, really serious topics, really accessible. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so Roisin, we've all given ours. So what's yours? Well, I want to mention Katrina O'Sullivan's Poor because for me, it's one of the books of the year and we had her on in here. And I think all around the table, we've read it and thought it was incredibly powerful and important book and delighted that Katrina won two book awards at the Irish Book Awards and has had so much um, success with it because it's it's really important. It's a story of, as, as the title suggests, poverty, growing up very poor in England and overcoming that. But also, I think it's very inspirational for how people can deal with people who are poor and give them opportunities and make their lives better. And just like, as I said, a really important book, Poor by Katrina Sullivan. It's fantastic. And for something that's quite a Grim read in lots of ways. It didn't. It felt very hopeful as well. I think at the end of it too. So I'd really recommend that. Dolly Alderton has a new novel out, um, not too long ago, called Good Material. It's about a bloke who's been broken up with. So it's written um, mostly by. It's an account of this guy's uh, trying to come to terms with this being dumped by this woman, and it's very funny. It's really clever. It's wise. Um, he's a comedian, so there's a lot of stuff in that about that. And yes, it's great. It's got loads of brilliant people saying how good it is, including Marion Keys and Ashling B and Lena Dunham actually, who says wise and relatable and pee your pants funny. I cried by page five. Dolly Alderton is quite simply the bard of modern day love. So um, yeah, for everyone who who liked everything I know about love by Dolly Alderton, I love that. It's called Good Material. And then I wanted to recommend because it would be a beautiful gift, dear gay. And everyone here knows how much I loved Gay Byrne. <laughs> and, and Gay's gone a few years now. But um, Susie Byrne, his daughter, did a wonderful thing after a documentary. I don't know if, if any of you saw it. There was a documentary about the letters that people used to send to Gay Byrne's radio show, which, you know, it, it was a really important part of talking about Justine McCarthy and, and how the country has changed. Gay was like a kind of repository for all of what was going on, particularly for women in this country over 25 years. So this book is called Dear Gay, compiled by his daughter, Susie Byrne. It's Letters to the Gay Byrne Show, a handwritten history of Ireland. So at the beginning, you have people like this one woman writing to Gay, telling him that 
<laughs> this Playtex bra that she particularly favoured, size whatever, 38 double D, has been discontinued. And did he know, would he be able to help? So he was kind of like Google or a gaggle, <laughs> you could call it. And people would write to, women particularly would write to him about everything. But of course, then we had when Anne Lovett died and various other um, things happened in, in Irish history, these outpourings of people telling their stories. And it, it was massively important. Um, and on the back of the book, it says, Gayburn gave people a platform to speak and the nation listened. What these letters reveal when read together is a living, breathing patchwork of experiences, a handwritten history of Ireland. And Joe Duffy says the letters in this book are a reminder of Gayburn's astonishing contribution to the telling of our national story, essential reading for anyone interested in understanding the radical social change Ireland has undergone in recent decades. And it's really lovely. And again, like you said, Bernice, it's the kind of thing you can dip in and dip out of. It spans Northern Ireland. It's, you know... Oh, every kind it's of illustrated too. Yeah, Roisin. there's all there's pictures of the letters as well. You know, and Roisin, does Susie Byrne come to any conclusion at all as to why sort of women felt so free to write to him? It was his radio program. He'd radio pro- morning radio program five days a week. <laughs> I mean, why they thought they could write they could write to him about their was, marital difficulties, their bras? Like, yeah, why? because I think it was they were at home with, doing their things, doing their hoovering, doing their ironing. Being, I mean, Mom, you could probably speak to this because you wrote to, to Gay Byrne. I did. I mean, you were there. The kids had gone off to school, and there he was. He was your friend. You know, he, he felt part of your. Your everyday life, you know what I mean? He wasn't just the radio, he, he was there for you. But even though, you know, like as Bernice is probably saying that that we were kind of, a, at the time, people were hiding things, people didn't open up about stuff. But a lot of the letters are anonymous, they're not named. So I suppose yeah. people felt it was safe. There was security that. in that, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was like he was like a friend. It's kind of extraordinary. It's funny because it didn't start off like that. It starts off and it's great to hear the history of it. It's like he was playing tunes, you know, a bit like that programme that comes on mm. after the the news with Louise Duffy now, you know. It was the hit parade. Yeah. It, was, it was whatever nice tunes that were playing and it gradually, gradually, because he sort of realised what was happening and the amount of mail that would come up to RTE for him and sometimes Amazing. just his name or you know but like you said he was a friend and he was someone that people felt they could speak to and that things might change if they spoke to him mm. so I just loved it and it, you can dip in it's and a really it. nice looking book it's as lovely. well actually and like I say there's pictures of the letters there's pictures of gay behind the microphone there's like great little articles that were written at the time about, about the programme and everything like that so a really wonderful one and I think I mean I personally don't just think you should I mean I think younger people could read it but I think maybe it's one for your parents as well or people who would remember the show and would like to, to look back at it and then we have to finally talk about the best book of the year <laughs> probably could be the best book of all time The Bee Sting by Paul Murray now I think we all loved this book OK I think we need to ask our producer Suzanne has she got a timer on now because this could go on for about five no, the hours book is, if we the let book you. is 646 pages or something like that which you know would normally totally put me off but it's not Put up, it's amazing. It's a big, huge, fat family saga of this family in somewhere in Ireland and what happens to them and and their 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 life stories. And I mean, it didn't win the Booker Prize, which I think was an absolute disgrace. But that's just me. If I was, I'm not wasn't a Booker judge. People are subjective. Another Irish poll won it for the Pro- Prophet Song. I haven't read that, so I can't compare those books. But I, for me, I've just looked at. I've been looking very closely at all the best books of 2023 lists, um, from the New York Times to the Guardian, and 
pretty much all of them start their uh, their article saying how brilliant the bee sting by Paul Murray is. And it is. And it's listed on every single. I haven't seen one list where it hasn't been featured. In our own one in the Irish Times, it was mentioned a few times. Um, so I, I don't know why the Booker people decided that wasn't the best book, but they have their different reasons. That's fine. I don't care. It doesn't this, matter. It doesn't matter. We know it's the best book. And um, <laughs> Bernice, our, our Neve, I did um, get you to, to read it. So maybe someone who's not me could talk about because not just me I mean loads of people have bought that book because of me I just want to say I'm yeah. really pleased yeah, I'm especially yeah. if you royalty you should be invoicing Murray. him at this yeah, stage exactly. uh, but go on, what do you think are you still in it like you're still yeah I'm nearly finished mm. it um, so it's just brilliant like it Ooh, does the take, end is very good oh, oh, so you're not dying to get to the end okay it takes a while to get into but it's my favourite passage so far is where it's narrated by the little boy oh my god PJ PJ, it's so funny it's so so funny it's just like how you get into a little boy's brain and how it works and all of the silly little things they worry about and the not so silly things that they worry about and um, it's just brilliant and he also gets in you hear about the story from PJ's older sister who's this really self-obsessed teenage girl like all teenage girls are or all teenagers are Um, and we hear all about uh, how her brain works and it was just like it's then that's only a small facet of it it's this big sprawling novel um, it like has elements of like mysticism and kind of Celtic um, yeah. uh, superstitions and stuff as well now which is the only non-dub here now oh, yeah. did you <laughs> how did you feel about it because of course it's set in a country town yeah I'm did you think that was or something yeah, like yeah, that. I feel that's it so Midland did you feel that was sometimes because cringe because you thought oh god that's so true or cringe yeah, okay. yeah, yeah it's very like um, the GAA being so important yeah, and, yeah, yeah yeah it's like post boomy as well like where the big, the, the big massive car dealership is going under and how everybody was driving yeah. their beamers and um, they're living in the big houses and yeah it was a bit cringe that's terrific yeah it was it was br- and no I mm. think he as and he's a dub um, so I think he did that really well I didn't wasn't offended was embarrassed but not offended so uh, yeah no I think he gets he gets uh, boomy rural Ireland and post boomy yeah. rural Ireland really really well yeah no I really amazing really and Mum do you want to say any final words about the beast because you were <laughs> me and you were the first we were the original uh, beast well, I, I think it was before you, you were, were. Oh. I said we were the first but you were first yeah, and then first, me because I read it in my lovely holiday in West Cork yes. in Ballylickie and I just I, as I said before well. <laughs> I kept picking up the book and putting it down and saying to everyone who was in the room going this it's probably the best book and I've ever read. who would you read. give it to for Christmas now? Oh, I would just say to people, you want, anyone who's like, I think what you said, Neve, about people who've kind of gone, oh, you know, I'm sick of reading or I haven't, you know, got back into it. It's the kind of book that you pick up and you just want to keep reading it. Like you look mm. forward to getting back to it. You need to find out what's going to happen to Cass and Elaine and PJ and Imelda mm. and the dad and, you know, what's going to happen and how is it all going to come because somehow, you know, something's coming down the line. Yeah. And So everyone really, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, some people would be put off by the size of it, but it doesn't feel like that, does it? Like, it doesn't feel too long. No, you don't want it to end, I think, yeah. as well. And it's wonderful to listen to. It's beautifully narrated. So, you know, anyone on Audible would, would love it listening to it. Yeah. And Bernice, you liked it too. Not of course not I did. Us. And yeah. in fact, I, I was messaging um, my son last week and I was saying, what book would you like for Christmas? I'll buy you a book. And he, he messaged me back saying, don't buy me the bee sting. And I thought, oh, OK. Oh. And then he said, because I've already read it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and did he like it? Loved it, yeah. You so see. I think 
So I think that's the thing. Talk about something for everyone. I, I don't think it's a genre or a gender book. I just think it's a brilliant, brilliant book by an Irish author um, who I just... You know, I'm so happy to see. You know, when you read something and you want everyone, I know, I want everyone to love it. And everyone does love it. I haven't, I've had a couple of people say to me they thought it was too long, that it could have been edited more, but not me. I don't obviously feel like that. But that's the only thing I've ever heard. Otherwise, do you know what? Books should entertain, and I don't mean they should be funny, ha-ha, or anything, but you should be entertained by a book. And honestly, it's sometimes it doesn't happen when you read. You don't get entertained. You feel a bit like, oh, mm, whatever. Mm. But this is an entertaining read. Can I throw in a word for Arnold Schwarzenegger? You can. He's written a book. It's quite I mean, not something I ever thought I'd hear you saying in your life. Go on. Sorry, but wait, hold on a second. Um, Anne Ingle had a byline on the sports pages of the Irish Times this week. So she's allowed to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger now. She did. She was writing about um, our dear departed Rosemary Smith, the racing driver, which is a lovely piece, Anne. So, OK, you can talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, all you I like. I came across this book, Be Useful. Um, I listened to it on Audible. It's it's narrated by himself and uh, my God, it's so funny. I mean, I, I don't go in for self-help books. I don't think I need them at my age, really. It's, no improvement can be made. But um, in fact, I was wrong because um, it was very funny and it, it talks about his life a lot and he's really bragging and everything. But he's just an amazing man and I didn't realise it. But one of the things he said in the book was when he's doing his reps, you know, that's when he's lifting up the weights and keeps on doing them. He writes it up on the wall so that he knows how many he's done at what time he's done them. And I have a little exercise uh, program that I do myself. And I've made a chart, a daily chart of the three or four things and how many steps I do. And I have that written up on my wall now. And the incentive that's given me. So even if that one thing only that be useful as Arnold has given me I'm very grateful for you know the way Claire Keegan listened to our last podcast imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger was <laughs> this. Did. and he's like yes this woman in Dublin Ireland she was very I found she found it very useful I'm very impressed <laughs> but I've bought that book for two of my boy grandchildren because they, they'll enjoy the story about his rise to fame about his bodybuilding and everything um, and then his film career as well and, and his he political goes, career as well political he's an incredible well. person yeah. I mean he was a Republican but he was more a Democrat than a Republican in where, he's, where he talks and it's just such an easy read and such an easy listen and I just kind of fell in love with him okay. old Arnold I'm sure he's someone better than me to be bothered with but at the same time <laughs> It was a. Uh, it was around. really. It was really good. <laughs> I mean, I know it's It's not for everybody, but I just thought my grandchildren might find something in it because I did, and I think about him Brilliant. every day as I do my steps and I write down the number of steps I've done every day now. So when my PT person comes once a week, personal I, trainer, yeah, exactly. I brandish my. Uh, a little thing and say well this is what I did I kind of hide it when it's not been a good week but most of the time Does Arnold say you should hide it? I bet he doesn't No, no you shouldn't he wouldn't be, should be upfront about for everything Listen this conversation has been as always we an could absolute go on joy for ages, We could you know. we could talk about loads more books but we hope you've given you some inspiration for a presence under the tree which you can go and buy now that's the great thing and support those local lovely books the Gutter Bookshop Books Upstairs all these brilliant people and you know what there's nothing better at Christmas I think than going in and wandering around bookshops there's a really nice atmosphere and it's just you're giving something you're giving pleasure to people you're giving joy especially if it's a book that you've enjoyed then you can chat to them about it afterwards and all of that thing um 
happy Christmas to the three of you. And happy Christmas to you, Roisin. I think just leaving it with Arnold's word, be useful. If we do nothing else in life, isn't that a good thing to do, to be useful to somebody? Uh, Bernice Harrison, Anne Ingle and Neve Towie, thank you as always. Happy Christmas, happy New Year and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks, Roisin. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 